Hey, it's Michael, and welcome to another podcast episode. Before I get into today's episode, we wanted to make an offer to you. If you go to Marketing Saves the World, marketingsavestheworld.com or firmsconsulting.com, you will see a pop-up or you'll see a place to add in your email address or you can register on the Firms Consulting website. If you register onto that website, you get put into an exclusive list. And what you get in that exclusive list is samples of the content we have available to FC Insiders. For example, you could get a sample episode of Competitive Strategy with Kevin Coyne. Kevin Coyne is an ex-McKinsey partner, former worldwide head of strategy, and he had served something like over 25 CEOs on a personal level, on a one-to-one basis over his career. Kevin also has a program called How to Become a McKinsey Partner. It's the first time ever a McKinsey partner has gone on record talking about what is actually required to become a partner and you'll find it's very different from what you think is required how to develop deep insights which i have put together one of our most popular programs the electric car startup you will get sample episodes of all of those programs and more if you sign up to this list so that said i hope you enjoy today's episode hey tom hey michael so today, well, this podcast, we're going to talk about Francisco or Cisco, right? Mm-hmm. And he is another participant in TCO4. Mm-hmm. Before I continue, any thoughts on Cisco? Not immediately. Okay, so Cisco is the first Hispanic participant mm-hmm. in, TC- in TCO. We've never had that before. So you see there's a lot of firsts for, for TCO4, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a very unique class. Very unique class. So Cisco is very impressive to me. I mean, he's um, young. He works for one of the big firms as a technology consultant. He seems to be quite level-headed. He's married, right? Hmm. He's uh, got a baby. He's hmm. got student loans. He just seems to be as a guy who's very well... He seems to be as a guy who's very disciplined. He sounds grounded as well. Yeah, he sounds grounded. I mean, I think to have a baby and paying off student loans and doing all these kind of things, and you need to be quite... A, you need to be someone who is a long-term planner mm-hmm. and able to do a little bit every day to get towards your goal. Yes. Most people are not like that. They just don't have the discipline mm-hmm. of methodically working. So they'll give up after, I think, five days. Mm-hmm. That's true. Young people around the age of 25, 26 are not going to be able to do this. Yes. They have friends. They've got family. I mean, even Cezanne, you, many times you'll see that she wants to move calls because she wants to socialize with her friends, right? Mm-hmm. Dylan has also asked for that once. Uh, we can talk about Harris. Harris has asked for that a few times. Cisco never asked for it. Mm-hmm. Any time he asks me to move a session is because his wife wants him to do something, right? Right. And he's got to move the session, but he never actually moves the session because he wants to do something. Mm-hmm. Now, people wonder how we you know, judge them, how we build profiles, and all those little things builds prof- helps us understand the person. Because mm-hmm. you wanted to move a call because you wanted to go out with your friends to a restaurant. Mm-hmm. What does that say about your priorities? That tells you what you value. That tells you what you value. What you do is what you value. It's that simple. Mm-hmm. Now, you can say things like, oh, I've never seen them in a long time. They're complaining. I, I completely understand. That. I'm not saying there's not a valid reason for it. But I'm saying that you've prioritized it for a valid reason. It doesn't change the fact that you've prioritized it. Yeah, exactly. And that, you know, it's it, you can say negative things or positive things. Either way, they make the decision. But the decision tells you about what that person values at the moment. Exactly. You know, we have a partner in firms consulting who always tells me, you are what you do. Those are your priorities. Mm-hmm. Don't tell me this is important to you if you're not doing it. Yes. If you're not doing it, it's not important. It's that simple. Right. And and I'm, obviously, I'm not criticizing Suzanne. I think it's fine because, you know, it's manageable. Mm-hmm. But I, what I am doing is painting a contrast with Cisco, who doesn't Yes. Do yes. He is very disciplined, I think, sitting in his tiny apartment room <laughs> during the calls. 
It's really small. I, you know, I'm, I almost feel I should have 911 on speed dial just in case he dies of heat exhaustion or something in that room. <laughs> He's a very nice guy. Yeah, which brings me to what I think are some of the challenges I know Cisco has. He is maybe a too nice guy. Hmm. My point is that I do feel that he may be a bit too easygoing. Mm-hmm. I feel that he, I, I want to see some fight in him. I want to see him take charge. Mm-hmm. I feel that he kind of just backs off and, and I need him to take I need him to take charge, control the cases, control the discussion. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to be hard for him to do it, but I feel that I feel that he almost feels he's not worthy of doing that. It's like he, he, in his mind he thinks, who am I to take control of the situation? Right. He doesn't think he's worthy to, of doing it. Now, he graduated from some good schools, you know, great mm. schools actually. So he obviously has been able to pull himself together. But I feel that one, he applied previously, didn't get, well, all of them applied before and didn't get in. Right. He did the same. He also started in a state school, then he went to a good school. And second, you know, he works at a firm that maybe he doesn't think is that good. Mm-hmm. Maybe there may even be some personal issues where maybe, you know, we, it looks like his life is all together, but maybe he's struggling a little bit. Right. And so to us, it looks like he's got it all together. But for him, maybe he's thinking that, well, I'm struggling, right? Mm-hmm. I think in these situations, especially when you don't have any role models, it's very hard to be motivated. Mm-hmm. So you notice with Cisco, our calls are run very differently. There's not a lot of negativity in our calls, and that's on purpose. Mm-hmm. I feel that when someone is, I feel, on the brink, I don't want to push them too hard. Right. I'm not going to put a lot of pressure on them. I'm going to teach them everything, but I'm going to do it in a non-stressful environment. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of laughing and joking and funny comments with Cisco, and that's a deliberate tactic I follow. Because mm-hmm. I feel if someone is working hard, they have to get home in time to pick up their baby. They've got to do stuff on the weekend. They've got to pay off student debt. It's hard. Mm-hmm. to do it when you're in your 20s. I don't think it's easy. Mm-hmm. And I don't. the last thing I want to do is put them under more pressure. Right. That's just a bad teaching technique. So mm-hmm. he always tells me he's worried that I'm putting too much pressure, if I'm not putting enough pressure on him. And I always think to myself, why do people think pressure is a good thing? People always tell me that you've know, you got to be tough on me like it's a badge of honor. What do you want me to do? Get a whip and whip you? <laughs> and it, that's also gone over into the fitness culture. No pain, no gain. I mean, it's the, What's it's up the same with thing. That? Why do people say, you know, people say, oh, you haven't earned respect. What? What do you mean I haven't earned respect? You mean when I was born, I was told that wait, you'll get respect in 12 years or something. It's just like what citizenship. you got to earn your... What the hell is... I hate that phrase. You earn respect. Mm-hmm. You are born with respect. Mm-hmm. I hear it so often. You need to earn respect. I see it in company documents. There's a problem with society. We, we think you got to suffer first before you can live your life. Mm-hmm. And, and it's boiled down in the way we train ourselves. Oh, you got to go tough on me. Don't worry, I can handle it. So what if you can handle it? I don't care. I don't want to go tough on you, right? And that, that, that assumes that that's the best, the best way to get better. You're, you're making the assumption that I'm making the assumption I need pressure to get better. But that might not even be true. That might not be the best way to get better. My view is if you make education fun, people will be good at it. Yes. Do you know how many people are naturally good at business and mathematics and commerce and economics, but they get turned off in the way it's taught? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Yes. There are a bunch of jerks who sit there and tell people they're not good enough because they can't take some pain. Mm-hmm. Where does it say I have to take pain to be good at solving mathematical equations? Where does it say that? They- and, and in that case, there's, I think there's a really strong argument that if you teach subjects like that, that actually drives people away from it. You know? Yeah. My view is a bunch of lonely people whose lives are over try to justify and get some semblance of an accolade in their life. They try to create these barriers to make it look like, oh, I have nothing in life. I live in an apartment with a cat. 
but at least I'm good at this, right? And, you know, you have to be good to be part of this elite society where we go home and have a dinner with a cat every day. <laughs> but that's true, right? That is true. That's what people do. They create these amazing barriers, like it's so hard to do it, and you have to pass these hurdles. I almost feel like I'm in a damn obstacle course. Mm-hmm. That's not the way learning should be. Yeah. This concept that you have to suffer to be successful enough. What? What? It's just what the Merchant of Venice have to give a pound of flesh every time I want something. It's wrong. You don't mm-hmm. have to suffer to be successful. You should not suffer to be successful. Mm-hmm. People always say this person didn't earn it, so I don't have to respect them. What? What if they didn't earn it? You should learn from them. They were lucky. They figured out a shortcut. Those are the people we should do case studies on. Yes. Right? Isn't that the art of productivity? Less input, more output. Mm-hmm. They're more productive. You shouldn't be badgering them and dismissing them. You should learn from them. And it permeates itself into everything we do where people... I mean, many people believe that they're not successful, not because there were barriers put up or the teaching was bad, but because they didn't work hard enough. Yeah, and that's there's so many flaws in that thinking. Yeah, I mean, you've you got to think yeah. about this, right? It's a very simple concept. A lot of people with money don't want anyone to take their money, so they created a lot of barriers for you to get there. Mm-hmm. And that's why learning has become so much like a blood spot. I mean, hmm. Harvard should just change his name to Hunger Games University. <laughs> It makes sense. Just buy the rights to the name from, you know, Lionsgate Entertainment. Mm-hmm. It should make perfect sense. I think the, the lesson here is that, you know, people like Cezanne, Dylan, Cisco, a lot of them believe they have not made it, not because the system is stacked against them, but because they didn't work hard. Mm-hmm. And that's the really funny thing about it. Even though we, we may intuitively know that we are smart, we deserve it, we actually believe we're not successful because we did something wrong. Hmm. Think about that. Hmm. There are many people where they know there's an injustice. I'm not saying there's an injustice, but they know that right. they're doing their best. They are working hard, but they fail and they think, well, I just didn't suffer enough. I should have suffered more. That's my reason for failing. It's not that maybe there was something wrong with the application process or maybe I did nothing wrong. No, I didn't suffer enough. Mm-hmm. And that's the way we are groomed to approach everything. That's true. I think that's especially true for the kinds of people who want to join these elite consulting firms. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I, I put myself in that category to a, to a degree as well. So I understand it. So you blame, I mean, obviously some things you could have done better, but you inherently you believe it's completely your fault. And I think, oh, oh, I just need to work harder. I need to work more. I need to be smarter about it. You know, I just, I, I look to myself. I, it makes sense. I can see that. Yeah. This idea of, you got, I need to, need to work hard. I need to suffer. In fact, I, I can tell you right now, there are some people who, unless they are making ridiculous sacrifices, don't feel they are making any progress. Mm-hmm. unless they're like studying for three hours a day not going to family events they think well I'm not working very hard at this mm-hmm. unless I'm like getting up at six o'clock every morning doing two cases I'm not doing the right thing and that's absolutely the wrong thing to do that is when you make it so horrible that you don't want to do this again mm-hmm. learning should be fun yes absolutely I mean honestly the American system of education is a superior system of education because they don't tell you what to do you go and pick your own courses right Mm-hmm. They don't tell you you have to do anything. They just allow you to find your way. And if you don't find your way, they're also okay with that. Mm-hmm. Many people say it's, a, it's not a superior system of education, but tell that to the million people from around the world coming into the United States to study. Yeah. It is a far superior system of education. There's nothing like it. No country has a system of education because it allows you to find your way. Hmm. It, doesn't t- it doesn't prescribe behavior on you. Yeah. It says, look, if you don't want to do this, no problem. Do whatever you want. It's okay. Mm-hmm. The rest of the world is like, oh, you don't want to take this course. We're going to kick you out of the school. You won't get your credits and all kinds of funny things, right? Hmm. It's a good system. Mm-hmm. 
And we can learn from that. It's a system that has produced the United States of America, right? Right. You can criticize as much as you want, but you've got to look at the overall picture here. Mm-hmm. And there may be some gaps, but the system works. Mm-hmm. The system is running quite fine. Yeah, it's very successful. Yeah, people say, well, Americans do so bad in math tests. But you can't just look at the math test score. Mm-hmm. We find a way to bring people from all over the world to do all of our heavy math listing for us. And we still make a lot of money from it. That sounds mm-hmm. like a pretty good system to me. Mm-hmm. And people say, no, but that's not true. I mean, Americans can't do the heavy math, but who cares? Right. It's who, it's who gets the money at the end of the day, right? Yes. So, you know, you get all these weird criticisms where people say these things, but the American system is a good system. And one of the things that we figured about the American system is they make things fun. Mm-hmm. It is fun to, to, Americans make things fun. Why? Because they understand capitalism. You have to get people to want to do things. Mm-hmm. You can't just give it to them and they have to buy it. This is not communism, right? Yeah. And learning has to be the same way. And one of the things you're going to see with Cisco is that he almost is terrified to have fun. He's almost embarrassed about it. Hmm. I always tell people learning needs to be a lot of fun. You've got to actually get in there, say some dumb things, make a fool of yourself. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You know, At the end of the day, if you learned, you had fun, I'm very happy with that. Mm-hmm. I was actually telling Cisco, why don't you put your daughter in the show as well? I'll teach you both. That would be fun. It would be very bad if she picked it up faster than you, considering she's only three months old. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, but, it could be. but this is the point I'm trying to make. I think we've got to move away from this philosophy that that you got to suffer to be successful. And I don't buy into that nonsense. Mm-hmm. I personally suffer because I don't go to church enough, so I've got to seek penance, right? You know, it's that <laughs> or going to the church and asking for forgiveness. No, but I'm saying, but just to, I just want to touch on that, I don't suffer. People look at the hours I work and say, Michael works so hard, he must be, but I'm not suffering. I actually enjoy this. Mm-hmm. I know one day I'm going to be so old that I've got to go to the bathroom 30 times a night and then I have to sleep the next day to make up for the 30 times a night I went to the bathroom and I can't, solve these exciting things but i'm not doing it because i have to i'm doing it because i want to right mm-hmm. i want to solve these complicated problems no one paid me to do it i do it anyway mm-hmm. but people are actually paying me so who am i to not take their money right right exactly so i'm being paid to do things i was going to do for free anyway mm-hmm. that's a good place to be mm-hmm. i work the hours because i feel that you know what this is so exciting let me work at three o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. but i'm not doing it because someone's saying i have to do it yeah you're doing it because like you were talking about with the American system, it's what you want to do. Yeah, the American system is far superior to any other system. If you could export the American system everywhere, it would be a good thing for the world. People always talk about consumerism, consumerism, consumerism. It's also known as choice. Yeah. The fact that a consumer can choose is one of the most amazing things in the world. You know, I always explain capitalism to people. I always explain to people why America succeeded. So people always say, wow, they got the biggest army. They have the best business. No, it has nothing to do with it. Before 1945, when a nation was defeated, what happened to them? Uh, Before 1945, when they were defeated, they were just taken over, right? Yeah, but what happened to them? What happened when they were taken over? They lose control of their their own country. First, the woman got taken as, you know. Mm -hmm. Second, all their assets were stripped. Mm -hmm. Think of how the British Empire ran itself. What did they do when they took over a country? They came in and they imposed their, their way of doing things on everyone. And they took... They took over the economy. Well, they basically raped the country. I think you're being a bit polite, yeah. That's what they did. That's what the Spanish did. They went into Mexico, being, took the silver yeah. and gold, right? Yeah. They didn't care about the locals. Did they care about the locals? No. Oh, no. my goodness. For, since the history of mankind from 1945 before that, when, mm-hmm. you, when a war was fought, it was fought in military terms, and mm-hmm. the end for the loser was not pleasant. Mm-hmm. Every nation that was defeated was humiliated. 
mm-hmm. and basically brutalized. I mean, you can think about what happened. I can't think of any nation that was conquered and was treated well. Basically, when a nation was conquered, empires, their business model is just, let's absorb all of the assets. Yeah. And when we're done with absorbing all of the assets, we just throw away the country and its people. Mm-hmm. What is so different about the United States when it conquered Germany and Japan? We didn't. We didn't quite leave them alone. We didn't. We didn't do that pre nineteen forty five model. We actually helped rebuild them, but didn't take them over the same way. You didn't take them over. You said, "Look, you defeated it." I mean, you can imagine the the Japanese how terrified they were when the Americans mm-hmm. arrived mm-hmm. because of the way the Japanese treated the rest of the world. Yeah. I mean, those Japanese generals must have been terrified. They must have been locking away their daughters and all kinds of things. And the Americans never said, we don't want anything from you. Yeah. We're actually going to give you money to rebuild everything. We only want two things in return. One, you open your markets to us. And two, you can't have an army. Mm-hmm. And that was it. That was the punishment for Japan. With Germany, the Americans passed the Marshall Plan to rebuild Germany. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about it. You got defeated and the guys are giving you money to rebuild. What the hell is going on with this, right? Yeah, that's just an upset. The American system won because it was a superior business model. They saw Mm -hmm. the value in markets that others had not seen before. Mm -hmm. Before the Americans came along, and people don't understand this because, you you know, the Americans have been doing this since 1945. The Americans realized, well, they've been doing it before that, but they only exported it around the world after World War II. They realized that we don't need to own the assets. We just need access to the market and we will compete on our terms. We're not going to make you buy our stuff. We're going to produce stuff that you want, and then you'll end up buying it. Yes. People don't get this. That was you, that was a, such a big change in the world. Yeah, that was a fundamental shift. It's a it's different a fundamental of- shift where the Americans said, we don't actually want your free resources. We want you to have a consumer base that we want access to compete in. Yes. And if the consumers choose not to buy our products, okay, we don't care. But we just want the right to compete. Right. Think about how fundamentally different that was. Mm-hmm. Just... Ten years before World War II ended, the empires were running the world by stripping it of its assets. Mm-hmm. When the Soviet Union took over East Germany, they stripped East Germany of its assets. They ran it the old way, right? Mm-hmm. No consumer class, just strip out assets. That's what makes the American system unique. Mm-hmm. It's nothing else. That's the American system. Mm-hmm. It's recognizing the power of a consumer and the right to trade your way out of misery. Mm-hmm. And that is why the system is so good. And and the point I'm trying to make here is to, is to trade your way. You have to make something people want. Right. You have to make it fun for them to engage you as a consumer. Mm-hmm. And this concept of fun is the center of the American concept. That's why America is so successful. They don't tell you what to do. They make you want to be with them. Yes. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. It's a very big difference. And an important one. It's an important one. People talk about America's military. America has a military because people give them money. Mm-hmm. But people don't give them money because they have a military. That's called extortion. Right. People give people voluntarily trade goods with America. Mm-hmm. And then America takes the excess cash and buys an army to protect trade routes and so on. Yeah, I mean, they kind of do some stupid things every now and again, but who doesn't, right? Right. But the point is, the money doesn't come because of the military. And it's a very important thing you have to understand. It's the American system of having fun, mm-hmm. of willingness. Make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, I just taught you about modern capitalism, but that's fine. <laughs> And that's it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed doing the episode. Finally, I want you to remember that the only way to get access to our special offers, the only way to get our special pricing, and the only way to get samples of our insider content is to join the list on marketingsavestheworld.com or firmsconsulting.com. 
So if you want to get a sneak peek of things, test it out, see what's in there, this is the place to go. And finally, I want to thank you again for making us one of the largest podcast channels around the world for careers and for the 2 million downloads and counting.